0: Hello, my name is David Smith. By day, I'm an analyst for NBC Sports, but by night, I'm a podcaster, along with my co-host Alan Kavana, on a show we call Positive Regression, a motorsports analytics podcast. When most people think of NASCAR, they think of ovals, left-hand turns, a Southern heritage, and a series that is less sophisticated, we'll say, than Formula One or IndyCar. But there's so much more than meets the eye, in part because it's all too big to fit on television. Which driver are the most efficient passers? Which teams employ the most advantageous strategy? And why do some cars outfinish their relative pace? These are questions answered by statistics and analysis. And with these answers, Alan and I engage in weekly discussions filled with nuance, reasoning, and questioning. We refer to our show as the NASCAR podcast for the thinking fan. And in our three years, with more than 130 episodes recorded, that's what we've become. For the majority of these episodes, it's just been Alan and me producing these discussions containing looks back at notable moments in NASCAR history, current day topics, and deep previews. We like to think we've become staples of our listeners' lives every Thursday morning. And our following has allowed us to monetize the podcast and exclusively attract a demographic that goes overshadowed in NASCAR. Nearly 90% of our audience is university-educated. And as such, the community we've built is a first, really, in NASCAR, one of rational fans with an appetite for learning about a sport that they hold dear. We regularly rank inside the top 30 on Apple Podcasts for fantasy sports shows in the United States and among the top for NASCAR-related podcasts. For your consideration, Positive Regression a motorsports analytics podcast is challenging the way NASCAR fans think about the beautiful and intelligent sport of auto racing. Because of this, we believe there's no comparison among other motorsports podcasts to the positive impact that it has fostered. Now, please enjoy these clips of recent positive regression discussions.
1: All right, let's get this started, David, because uh, we finally had a repeat winner in the NASCAR Cup Series last week at Martinsville. Uh, So we're seven for eight, but still there are a lot of big name drivers, a lot of successful drivers that do not have a win yet, but are still doing good. For example, Penske, once again, dominated that Martinsville race. Ryan Blaney nearly made the damn thing boring at first, right? And then it was uh, unfortunate circumstances in the pits that took away any chance he had. Think about Denny Hamlin, one of the few drivers in history with seven top five finishes out of the first eight races. It's a very short list, but no wins amongst those seven top fives he already has. David, we got to talking. What is the correct thing to do here? Should we be praising them for their good performances, or should we really be looking at the fact that they have not won yet. How do you want to start this conversation? Because in modern day NASCAR, it really does matter which side we go on. The goal
0: of auto racing, like the entire point of it, is to be in the highest position possible at the completion of the final lap. So inherently, if you are not in first place, there was something wrong, a flaw, a deficiency, something went bad. But- that doesn't mean that most things didn't go according to plan. First place has been elusive for them. And for the most part, that specific result is elusive to anyone. And I've thought long and hard about the result, and I'm kind of putting that in in air quotes, And the results perception on how we view anything, uh, racing, sports, life. And I find that there is just little control over a result itself. Uh, Mark Martin had won the Bush Clash, and he was asked in the press box whether he would feel unfulfilled if he never won a Daytona 500. And he said no. No. You cannot control the outcome. You can only control your effort. And to that effect, the effort we've seen from Penske, specifically with Blaney, we've talked about the effort before with Penske on 750 tracks. We understand what they're doing. And statistically, they are doing it very well. It just sometimes doesn't manifest on one particular day. And for Hamlin, if you were going to pinpoint any race team this year that appears best suited for all the challenges that are being thrown on the Cup Series this year, uh, including the ones that matter most for the playoffs and the championship, then the number 11 team of Denny Hamlin and Chris Gabehart are very much in that conversation.
1: call number three. This was last week, David, in Phoenix. Something that was talked about a lot because of really who it was. I mean, Bubba Wallace, 2311 Racing. Bubba Wallace stays out on seven-lap old tires at Phoenix. Uh, It stays out and makes him the leader and immediately, you know, gets you a lot of questions. Like, you know, what's he doing? Is he going to get eaten up? Uh, Is he going to stick around enough for a net positive? Let's analyze it because uh, there was a few different factors here that I think played into where he ultimately came out.
0: I was interested in that, and then Mike Wheeler took to Twitter. His mentions must have just absolutely blown up because he felt compelled to explain himself. It, it was all good. It, it all makes sense. Uh Staying out is usually a net positive, but as we said, it is contingent on the driver doing his part. He set it up statistically well. The inside groove was the front row's preferred spot. He picked it, and... I got to tell you, picking something because it has a high rate of success does not mean that it's automatic, right? We hear about uh, high percentage three-point shots in the yeah. NBA, but <laughs> the players is shooting it blindfolded, it. right? So, <laughs> you know, yeah, Bubba, Bubba spun the tires. Uh, that that was one, nearly made contact with Logano to the outside of him, uh, which means he's up too high if he's restarting on the bottom And the three drivers behind him, which happened to be Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, and William Byron, all drivers who can restart very, very well, all of whom committed to running the apron through the first corner, Bubba somehow found himself three wide middle on a track with two demonstrative grooves. And I honestly don't know if that was entirely due to tires. That said, Mike Wheeler felt the need to explain this decision, and kudos to him for recognizing other cars trying this early in the race. That's what he said. Uh, And and they had success. I chided Alan Gustafson for his Coca-Cola 600 pit stop last year, uh, even though Alex Bowman and Joey Logano found success by not taking four tires in that race. So I'm not going to uh, throw shade at Wheeler here for trying to read the race. But also, this was pointed out, Bubba Wallace was picking off positions at the time of this call, but I challenge the longevity of him doing that. His car, unofficially ranked 15th in median lap time for this race, which is fine, but ultimately not competitive enough for the win. And there was very likely a low ceiling on who and how far he could pass his way through the field. Getting around, you know, Matt DiBenedetto, Eric Almarola, Cole Custer, take your pick. That's one thing. Getting around Logano and Truex and Keslowski, that's another. And I think that that also played a factor in this call because clean air is the most coveted thing in racing outside of the trophy for a reason. It is a great equalizer. And we saw what clean air was doing for leaders In this race, Logano hit clean air first and got out to a lead, maybe what, four and a half seconds before hitting heavy lapped traffic. And that's huge. That's what they're trying to do here. I imagine Wheeler recognized this as the best opportunity to give that advantage to his driver. It was polarizing, especially if you're a Bubba Wallace fan, and it will go down as a bad call because they lost positions. But I don't think 2311 racing gets to the playoffs this year by picking off one or two stage points at a time. As we discussed, the more crowded uh, the winners list gets, the bigger the advantage is for those who regularly compete for wins. And Wallace and Wheeler, given that we know this team was not working on cars until last December, they have no notes to call their own, at least not just yet. They need to shoot for points in bulk. And the best way to do that is
1: outright wins to net yourself that playoff berth.